This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. We're on episode 13 of the season. I'm Ben Platt. Apologies. Um, got a bit of a husky voice. Um, so I'll try not to talk as much today, which might be a good thing. <laughs> Let the other lads take over. Um, thank you for listening. We, we thought we would um, leave. We did do a podcast last week. And I think the thinking behind it was that we'd probably let the dust settle a little bit on Bill. Take the anger out, because I'm sure we were all a little bit frustrated and angry with him. And, and sort of see where our views were. Hopefully there was a new manager in, which we've kind of got. Um, so we'll go through all of that, but let's quickly see who's here. Duncan, welcome, mate. Ever-present. You all right? Obviously, apart from the fact you can't talk very well. No. No, how are you? You all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm busy as always. Worst time of the year for me for work, but yeah, can't complain. Jack, Supple, how are you, mate? You okay? Welcome back. Yeah, cheers, lads. Yeah, good to see you all. And uh, yeah, a few bits to talk about, aren't we? Um, much yeah. after last week. <laughs> I'm loving the hat as well, Jack. Yeah, so we've <laughs> new one. washed her. No, no. no. <clears throat> and we've got Chris. Welcome back again, mate. You okay? Thanks, boys. Yeah, no, uh, good to get back to championship action that well, most of us have probably forgotten about in the last few weeks of the World Cup. But uh, mm. Yeah, this weekend it will hopefully feel like it's n- never been away. Just a, just another week as a life of a QPR fan, isn't it? Just always just seems to be something going on, doesn't there? Um, all the time. Um, obviously, not Mickey Beale. It, it would have took something special to top a pole above Mark Hughes. Um, <laughs> but I saw on social media that, that, that he's actually done that, which is absolutely mad mm. when you think where we were four weeks ago, a month ago. If you would have said that, you would have... I don't think you would have believed it, would you? So the dust has settled. Lads, how are we feeling? Anyone want to kick off? Um, I'll, I'll kick it off with... I think the problem is, it with him, it was the statements made when he turned down the Wolves job. If he hadn't said the integrity, the loyalty, I'm all in, 
and he'd used just different phrases, we probably wouldn't have been as frustrated and annoyed by what's happened. I think it's just how he's worded all those statements and just completely gone back on it within three weeks. And once we've been on a bit of a downward spiral with form and results. But yeah, like you said, to, be, to pip Mark Hughes to a poll for being hated, like that goes somewhere, doesn't it? <laughs> Jack, I've got a question for you, mate. Do you think that we are, him leaving, we won't see it now, but it may be a good thing that he's left? I, I, or do you think that our season is going to be less successful, being it's his team and someone's got to come in and, and change the philosophy or maybe not, or try and players are his players? What's your thoughts? It's almost like we're starting a new season now, isn't it? Mm. With that break. And a couple, I think it was a month or two ago, I was on the pod and we were flying and we were talking, we were like, all right, feet are on the ground. Let's not get too carried away about Mickey Bill and all this. And I, I made a remark that as comparison with Magilton, that he'd done really well, similar sort of start, similar amount of wins. And I was like, let's just keep, you know, let's just be careful because we don't know. Magilton left after 23 games. At that point, I did not think Bill would leave after 22 games. But we did get the Mark Haightley transfer money back off Glasgow Rangers, you know, finally 1.5 million. And uh, obviously they've earned a few quid from the, the World Cup just now with uh, Chair and Dieng. But in terms of the players, I think it can work either way. You've got a load that have signed on his word, on his promise. How do they respond? That'd be very interesting to see. Um, you Then you've got how do they respond to a new guy's ideas? Everyone was talking about what a forward thinking bright coach he was. And, you know, you could see that in elements of our play, but I think for Bill, I think he's, he's thought, well, I'm on a bit of a sticky run here. You know, it was, they've lost four of the last five, failed to score in four of those games. You know, it, things have started to regress quite, quite rapidly. I know there were some injuries, but I think there'd be a bit of extra motivation for the players on Sunday. I think there'll be a few be like, you know what? you were wrong to leave, just like when the rumours were at the Wolves game and that performance against Cardiff, I know they had 10 yeah. men, but they looked like they'd fire up their arse, didn't they? So I, I'd be interested to see on Sunday how they respond, whether it's Paul Hall, whether it's a Neil Critchley in charge. I think it's besides the point, I think the players maybe have got a point to prove to Bill. Chris, what, the cynic in me kind of thinks, and, and we've heard rumblings come out that he turned down the Wolves job because he knew the Rangers job could Possibly his best mate was the, is the CEO up there. The, the, the job could be available. I don't think he anticipated that that Van Bronckhorst would go and lose, what is it, two of his next four and draw and real poor run of results. 13 points clear. Do you think that that happened? Or do you... Do you do, I've seen he's come out and said it come out of the blue and unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that phrase, absolute rubbish. Like, mm. no one... He doesn't believe that. The interviewer doesn't believe that. Anybody listening does not believe that. So, uh, yeah, and that's that's where like you kind of get even more anger anger from. Like, like Dunk said, he's at the nail on the head there. If he hadn't done the interview, we as fans would have been less sort of want to say hurt, but you kind of you almost don't want to take it that personally. But um, a lot of fans have, and I think we are. But yeah, just don't. Just don't say that. But he knew the Rangers jobs was there. Um, he probably has known it for a long time. Did he think, I'm going to manage Rangers at some point? That always seemed to be the play. And do you think, actually, I'm a bit worried if somebody else goes into Rangers now, has some success, they could be there 
two, three, four years. And then, then he's like, oh, well, he's not going to be, he's not going to be with us for that long, was he? Well, his own ego said he wouldn't be with us for that long. So like maybe other Prem jobs would have come along and he would have gone, oh, maybe he just thought this is the moment I've got to, I've got to go. But Chat made a really good point about the amount of money we got from him. You might have, you might argue if we, if someone said to all four of us in the summer, you'll make, club will make 1.5 million during the World Cup, but your manager will have gone. Would have gone, that's not going to happen though, is it? Like, how would he have done that well? Probably more, um, really, isn't it? If you think backroom staff would have cost a couple of hundred thousand, probably. Um, yeah. So I think you're talking closer to two million. I think. Yeah, and if that was a, if that was a player that we signed in the summer, obviously we wouldn't have been able to sell him in sort of end of November. But if that was a player we signed for free, although that's the thing we don't, well, I don't know how much did we pay any money to get Beal in. Let's, for sake of argument, say it was free um if you've turned around a, a player that you signed for free sold him in january for yeah one and a half two mil it's pretty good going yeah, yeah no, I, I, that. yeah I, I, I just do you know when you look back at, at this is what i was reflecting soon after was when you look back through his interviews historic interviews and he was he was so complimentary of every club and you know especially Rangers and all the big Villa like it, there was I'd see him on Sky Sports News going oh here's Bill click on he'd be talking about Rangers and at the time it didn't really click on but when you look back and you think he talks about them with so much affection doesn't he and, he, and yeah. but he, I, I, when you look back maybe he didn't do that with QPR did, did he did he get the club did he I know he spoke well in relation to his communication style but my question more is Jack around his engagement in the club, was it there? Like he very sat down, not on a lot of emotion. We've, he didn't give us a chance, did he? He, he, no. he didn't give people a chance. And I, thinking back at it now, like the yeah. first, first week he joins, he's doing an interview with the Scottish press talking about Glasgow Rangers. Exactly, yeah. He's the one that's circulating. He's like, what a fantastic club. Maybe one day in the future I'll be back. I mean, he's a bit of a fortune teller. He's back already. But like, it's, it's, it was weird. it's weird. And like, I don't know, it, is it disrespectful? Is it just someone you know talking about a club he potentially supports, along with apparently Chelsea, Liverpool, anyone else? I don't know. <laughs> but like Villa, yeah, I, I, it's just really disingenuous. As, as Chris and Dunk said, the interview he gave was the nail in the coffin. Actually, it sawed his reputation, football media-wise. I think I think there's gonna be a lot of football chairmen out there that maybe think twice about him if he doesn't do well at Rangers and he's looking for another job. Tough gig. You know, the one he's got up there, you know, he's under instant pressure. Um, I don't think it's a unanimous decision by the Rangers board. So, but, and it's a good point from Chris, if you'd said you bought a player on a free and you made you know, close to 2 million on him in about six months, you'd be like, that's a brilliant bit of business. So yeah, maybe, maybe we've done the right thing. And if, if the rumours are to be believed that Critchley is close or, you know, is the, the one they're looking at, he was rumoured to be in the frame for the job before, before he went to, Villa to become Gerard's assistant so you know we're going to get him for free potentially so you know maybe it's all going to work out the way it should do but yeah it just leaves a bit of taste in your mouth and I hope he does thinkly poorly at uh, Rangers. Yeah you mentioned there Critchley it looks like it's going to be 
done. I don't think it's not been announced yet, but it feels like that's where the club are going. Doug, what are your initial thoughts? Disappointed? I know it's not the most exciting appointment, is it? Um, do you know what? In the summer, I would have been happy with him before he went to Villa. I think oh, we. I think when we were talking about possible replacements for Warburton, I think I threw Critchie's name into the hat. I think he had, did well at Blackpool. Plays quite good football, like. But for me, there's just something. I don't know if it's a lack of ambition or what, but to go from a manager in the championship to being a number two, just like, like he's not sixty-five at the end of his career doing that. Like he was at the prime, he's managing a decent team, and I just feel like, I don't know. There's just something about that situation that bothers me. I can't really put my finger on what it is, but I don't know. It's a, for me. It's some kind of films a little bit underwhelming. If it is quickly coming in, like hopefully results and performance and everything will completely change my mind about it. But on gut instinct, that's how I feel. I feel like there's a lot out there, though. Was there? I feel like there's a bit a lot out there. No, I'm I'm just happy it's just not Scott Parker, to be honest. So, <laughs> or Tim Sherwood. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was worried I... at one point it was going to be Paul Hall. I like how he comes across though, Paul Hall, in uh, some of those like little training ground in his interview after the friendly. But yeah, we don't know. He's you know, we don't know what he'd be like. But I mean, I had a look at Critchley, decent record at Blackpool, did a pretty good job before. Yeah, I, first of all, agree with Dunk. I find that a bit bit strange as well, going to become an assistant manager. Um, but removing that from my thinking, 41% win percentage at Blackpool, just the fifth highest in the club's history or you know, so it ranks pretty highly um, over there. He had a dodgy start. He won one in his first 12 games at Blackpool. So, was, you know, the knives were out a little bit, but then they went on a big run of nine wins in 11, which kind of cemented his position. And obviously, you know, rest is history went up by the playoffs. I mean, in 42 clean sheets in his 109 games suggests, you know, he knows how to set a team up as well. I think they did quite better than expected last year. I mean, Got a couple more stats about how they did in the championship, Blackpool, and obviously got preface this with that they obviously their initial aim would probably be to be surviving in the championship. So stylistically, they are going to seem a little bit, you know, direct at times. But they played the second most long passes in the championship last season. The average possession was forty five percent, whereas QPRs was fifty four. So there's quite a big difference there in how much of the ball they had. They did rank really highly for scoring set pieces, joint second in the division last year and only two sides conceded fewer set pieces than Blackpool last year under Critchley. So we know what our issues are <laughs> this season. You know, could that be something that's improved instantly? And he's, he's a manager that's not afraid to make changes to his team. Last year, Blackpool made the most changes to their starting 11 in the championship. So there's, there's mixed numbers there. You can take, take from it what you want. To me, I, I look at it with a bit of caution. They're a team that tried to survive and did well and they did, you know, for a team coming up from League One, it's a really tough job and did very well, which makes it all the more strange that he left to go to Villa um, for me personally. But I'm not underwhelmed. I think it's a sensible decision if they do go with him, considering he was on their shortlist before. Um, that shows they've already done the due diligence on him. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see, won't we? I actually, um, there's a Blackpool fan in a group chat I'm in. So I messaged him this morning just to... Uh, get an understanding about Critchley leaving and kind of what his why the Blackpool fans like thought he'd left and he said uh, obviously an element 
element was money, but not just for Critchley himself, because the board weren't giving him anything to build the squad. So he'd probably done as much as he could do for Blackpool. Uh, and the club couldn't offer him what he would have wanted for him to uh, make the push towards becoming a Premier League manager. Um, a lot of Black, Blackpool fans still think he's a snake, but I've moved on. He brought us back to the Championship, received an offer that worked for his career and him personally. So I don't blame him for taking it. Um, we'd stand a much better chance of staying staying up this season if he had stayed, but he'd be for, here forever aiming to overperform to stay in the league. Um, so I think that was quite a good summary from uh, Ian, who I spoke to. And yeah, if he if he if we'd got him in the summer, like Dunk said, I think we all would have been pretty happy. Like he'd done a really good job at Blackpool. Um, then he's coming to us as a as a step up from Blackpool which is what we what we keep saying and what we want like particularly when the board talk about signing players they want QPR to be the step up for players rather than a step down like signing someone who's been uh, well we're going back years and don't want to throw out some shocking names that we've had over the years and spent big money on but like that step down to come to QPR and they're like cool this is a payday want that step up to be for players so the same thought process should be there for managers that's obviously what we were looking at for Beal of going right this is your first job in management it's a step up from being an assistant and a coach obviously that we just talked about what happened quickly there um but yeah I mean the numbers you've thrown out Jack a lot of those are interesting that doesn't even consider the set piece goal against QPR that they did score that wasn't given um (laughs) Yeah, and that kind of uh, that away day in November the other year um, but particularly when he obviously would have been in charge when, um, when we, we beat Blackpool in the last minute towards the end, end of last season like George Thomas put a ball in for Amos um, I was trying to remember back to that game and like how good they were 11 versus 10 I think that was one of few good games we had towards the end of the season to be fair or we did enough but um will it played false nine did we try that and it was at the blackpool game the will it play i think up? you might be right yeah yeah, yeah i think you're right oh, josh boulder scored <clears throat> yeah we scored he always scores did he <laughs> yeah um and it's i think kind of judge i mean the away game they were very good against us on tv mm. that was like will it score that wonder goal Kind of on the break, curling into the top corner, but we definitely should have lost that game. Like they were impressive then. Like I'm happy enough with it. Anybody else who was in with the running, like people on Twitter can say, "Oh, they would have been a better appointment." We on, like be honest, nobody had heard of uh, the guy, the guy in Sweden before <laughs> his name got linked with us. It's just it sounds exciting because it's like, oh. He could be the next Graham Potter because Potter came yeah. managed in Sweden. Like you can't go two left field in the middle of the season. I don't think. I think the club had a decision to make. They could have gone left field, foreign, maybe someone. They, there was a couple of youth names with them floating around Chelsea, Bay City youth coaches. They could have gone for someone really experienced, like a Wilder. Spent a bit of money. I don't know. I don't know how realistic these were, but Wilder said, didn't he? I was listening. He it it want the job. Um. But it seems like they've gone, they've gone for a sensible option, haven't they? Championship experience, um, yeah. free. Um, you know, and I think he's got that link with a few of the players as well, which 
probably played a bit of a part, um, I, I suspect. Um, I imagine he might have uh, managed Masterson when he was at Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and I'm not bringing out like one of the players who is firmly involved in the squad there, but there's, there's definitely a link there. And again, he might know loads of people from youth level that uh, maybe he won't mention in every single interview he does, but <laughs> on the back burner, he might, um, might know these players. Then it's interesting though, because you're right, he, he, his knowledge of the younger players was clear at Blackpool. They had, you know, quite yeah. a lot of young players, you know, did well in that market. Um, and what you said about what your, you know, your friend said, the Blackpool fan, about the transfer funds issue, it's, there's going to be issues at QPR like that. So he's obviously someone that knows how to work around a small budget next to no budget. Yeah. So, yeah, it feels sensible and a continuity um, appointment, which... Yeah, on, on the face of it, it doesn't sound super glamorous, um, but, you know, he's a highly regarded coach, highly respected coach, and has done, has more championship experience than Bill. So done more than Bill in his managerial career so far. Who, who, what did he have to do then? So he's, say he comes in the next couple of days, what does he need to do to get this team back on track and main, maintaining that we can stay up in the top sort of half of the league? Start with second balls from set pieces. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, some, some defensive training, maybe. Set piece defensive training. Get that yeah. going. Do you expect to see any big changes in the formation or the team? Um, I've got a funny feeling Macaulay Bond might be involved. I don't know why. I've just got this funny feeling. Like, like Jack was saying with some of the like stats and stuff, I think we might suddenly play into Dykes' strength a bit more. Maybe go slightly more direct. But again, you just don't know, do you? Like, was he doing that because of the, who he had available at Blackpool? Didn't have a budget to build a squad he wanted. He's got potentially a, I don't know, disrespect to Blackpool. We, we're probably a better footballing side. So will he change his philosophy because he's got better players? Like, again, it's all hearsay that we don't, he's not even definitely through the door yet. But be interesting to see if he does kind of stick with how we've been playing this year or if he just completely goes, do you know what, this is now my team, I'm mixing it up. There's got to be some funds in January, right? Because we've got this money, we've got the money from, I don't know if you saw from Chair and City in, in the World Cup, a good three, four hundred thousand. Um, there's got to be, surely there's got to be something, well, something after, in the budget. After like Bill stayed post-Wolves links, I thought they must have agreed something here in January to get, get a striker in or get some more support, you know, more players. Um, and they were trying to offer Bill a new contract as well. So maybe there is something to play with. I mean, the extra money we've got for him and the, the money from FIFA for the World Cup players is obviously very handy. How much of that is put towards funds? You'd open a little bit, but obviously QPR being QPR, maybe they've got some responsibilities financially that we've got to look after first. But I'd expect them to get rid of players first, actually. I think there's about five or six players in their 20s now that are never going to get in that first team. And it's been two or three different managers now. I, I think there's time to move a few on. You know, I, Again, I have no ill feelings towards them, but your George Thomases, your Shadipos, potentially your McCauley Bond, although I still frustratingly feel like there is something useful about him, even at championship level. It's just he doesn't seem asked to play for QPR sometimes. So... But yeah, I think if they if they get rid of a few permanently, I think there's got to be a bit of headroom maybe for some, one or two because I think we need it. If, we, if, it's, if it's playoffs, we're short, aren't we? That's the problem. The squad's short, so 
of quality, not numbers. Bad to think that it's not bad, but when you look at it, we're... Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Stick for the league, right? <laughs> um, I mean, if you yeah. like said that to me in August, we'd be sick going into the World Cup break. I'd... I'd I'd, you know, snapped your hand off. So it's just annoying that it's come the other way around. If if we were twelfth and then got up to sixth and it was a World Cup break, we'd all be thinking slightly more not optimistic, but we'd be probably a bit more excited about the season starting again. Um, but it feels like Chrissy Willick. Just I'm hoping he's just fit and he's had he's had a good month off because if we're going to do anything this season, we need him. I think more than anyone. Yeah, well, he had a. Uh... He had an interview with the club today. I mean, it's not a huge amount you can kind of glean from that. It was pretty standard questioning, standard answers. But uh, I'm going to take a very optimistic point and go, they've done one with our best player. Like, that's putting him front and centre. And then surely it's very unlikely to go, oh, but you're not actually fully fit and therefore you can't play. Like, there was nothing in, in his interview where he suggested anything like that. Um, and yeah, like Critchley did, he obviously took Josh Bowler to another level. Like Bowler was excellent for Blackpool. So kind of whatever they've done, whatever he did with the team, he was like, I've got a star player here. I'm going to play to his strengths or at least allow Bowler to kind of do whatever he, he wanted to do. I mean, he's going to get to, he don't need to see, well, he'd already know Chris Willick's our best player. So he's going to go. Chris Willick's right, situation bothers me, mate. Like, he's got 18 months on his contract. No one's going to buy him in January, are they? They're going to, you know, they're going to wait. Um, yeah. And I just feel like we're, we're getting another bright Manning situation festering. Not sure what you boys think. I think we'd always, I think fans will always kind of panic about that stuff because we'd be like it's got 18 months left like you say no one's going to buy him in January so then the summer and you're like that's a year left is he going to sign a new deal surely the club think the exact same way we do and they've been having or attempting to have these discussions for a while and then it just comes down to him of him going do I sign a new deal because that doesn't stop me leaving it just gives us more protection. Um, so, parent though, yes. isn't it? From, if you sign a new contract, it's a deterrent for someone to come in and they'd have to spend more to get you in a market that probably isn't. The, the, there's not a lot of money around, is there? Unless there's a Premier League coming in from a Premier League club. I wonder whether Mickey Bill will be sniffing around some of the players. Not sure. 
think there's always potential for that, but you'd like to think we'd be adding sort of 10, 20% onto anybody's feed to sell them to Rangers. Um, purely <laughs> for chair. A... I can see him coming in for Elias chair. I, I could just see it. Do Rangers have 15, 20 million to spend though on chair? Because no, that's don't. what we should be demanding from them. Yeah. Yeah, agree. I think, agree. Mate, your point actually about um, Critchley, I mean, again, we are assuming here that Critchley is the man. So let's hope he is after what we've said about it. But um, <laughs> like, I think that dynamic with Bowler being the main man, freedom to do what you want. Chris Willock is someone that isn't going to track back loads, isn't going to do the dog work that chair maybe gets through, actually. Um, so, and it's interesting since the start of last season, Ilias chair missed seven league games. Well, we played seven without him and QPR went undefeated. They won five and they drew two. Six of those came during that African Nations period from back end of December to the end of January. And Chris Willock, who was front and centre in that period, got six goal involvements, one goal, five assists. Only Mitrovic at Fulham had more goals or assists in that month period. And it was the first time a QPR player had five assists in a month since Lee Cook in October 2006. So... It was pretty notable from old Willock. He, he really stepped up to the plate. Just sadly, it wasn't much longer after that that the season sort of fell apart. But he seems, it sounds like he's raring to go. So another sort of run of form like that would do us very nicely. And whoever's coming in as a manager, I think that'll be, they've got a nice platform to build on. 31 points already in the bank. Sixth in the table. It's kind of like a bit of a canvas, isn't it? Blank canvas, go on, have a go. Do what you want, you know. So we'll see. Yeah, we take this as, like you say, if well, chair obviously won't be playing Sunday. Let's hope they get through against Portugal and then uh, he stay there for a little bit longer from his personal point of view and uh, from a revenue point of view for us. Then, so Willick's not playing with chair. Therefore, again, like the interview said, like Paul Morrissey said to him, like, oh, there's more onus on you to be creative. I think, Jack, you just summed it up that Willick does step up to the plate when that happens. He knows, right, I am. <laughs> the the sole provider here to do everything um added with the uh, incentive to impress a new manager and the proof bill wrong point like hopefully there's three three things there that are the triumvirate for willick to lead us to a victory on sunday and going forward yeah i mean absolutely and it Again, being the creator and not the goal scorer, different shift for Willock potentially. You know, at the start of the season, he was banging in goals left, right and centre. This time, maybe we play with an extra striker and he's the source of, you know, chance creation this time in, in you know, in replace of chair. So, I'd yeah. like to see Richards, you know, up there, further up, not in that centre midfield. I'd like to see him further up with more freedom. He looks like it could be a good puck. And, you know, I can see why people like him. He has that easy about him, doesn't he? Obviously, nowhere near, you know, it's good. But he's certainly got something there, talent-wise, to sort of glide past players and take the ball and maybe like to see him a bit further forward, possibly. Do you think we'll see a review there, a rejuvenated Dykes after his kind of cryptic Instagram posts? Do you think, like, he might be coming back all, all, full for all, all guns blazing kind of thing? Well, rumours are that the Bill only phoned a few players and sent a few messages. There was no sort of goodbye meetings. I don't know how true this is, obviously, but um, that's the rumours coming out. Hence why Paul Hall made that comment as well, didn't he? It, is, it felt like that as well, doesn't it? It feels like he's just gone. He was there one yeah. minute and then he's, and then he's gone. Um, 
yeah, the kind of five o'clock, well, every time they leave the training ground, they say like four yeah. o'clock on a Wednesday, being like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow, boys. Yeah. And then <laughs> off he's gone. they suddenly get there and they're like, oh, do you reckon, like, Gaffer hasn't been here for half an hour. Like, do you reckon he's coming <laughs> today? Should I phone him or what? Um, yeah. The, the Paul Hall thing, it might be pure coincidence he's used the same word. Like, if that word is banded about a QPR in relation to the interview, that word's just on in his mind anyway because people are saying it and then he might just use it as normal vocabulary. Or are we, has he done kind of something to easily get fans on side and gone, oh, this would be good. Like, I'll get this in. He would have had to have okayed that because he wouldn't have wanted to ruin his own chances by doing that, i.e. like doing that off the cuff on his own, being a bit of silly and the board not, not agreeing with it. He would have surely had some sort of communication or engagement with the board so, to say, like, I'm going to, you know, to know that this is okay, that I can say this. We're a very PC club, aren't we? So yeah. something was definitely said behind, like, yeah, we'll get slip this line in. <laughs> yeah. Or so, surely someone in the social team has gone, oh, you said this. Like, do you know you said the word integrity? If he if he just said it normally, and they've got an arch, we check this, like, and then they still put it out. So exactly, exactly that. Yeah, he yeah. made him do it again. I mean, speaking yeah. of the social team, can we stop with the just happy to be here? Like <laughs> in first Naki Wells and now midfield, it's gonna be Chris Willock next in January and maybe a, a bid sometime. But no, they do a great job to be fair. But no, I, I, do you think Paul Hall takes charge of the team come what may at this point, you know, this far into the week? Even? Yes. Yeah, for Sunday, yeah. I think because of the opposition, like if if it wasn't anyone else, I feel like Critchley maybe could come in last minute and just kind of be in and around. But the thing is, it's kind of like we there's a good chance we, like it's not going to be a good result on Sunday. Burnley are a good, strong team. And we, are they, we, mate. we do better yeah, against yeah, the better I know, teams. But we always do. As a manager coming in, you think, right, let's just get that one out of the way before me being like officially in yeah. the door. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? And then, like, hey, right, let's work. I've got a clean slate after this one. Like, it's kind of, you don't want to be coming straight in a couple of days in the, in the club. First game's Burnley. Like, it's Pressing not. Away, it's, though. it's probably the hardest test, isn't it? Pressing yeah. away, though, that doesn't get much harder than that away either, does it, really? No, but games. you've got a bit longer to prepare, aren't you? Yeah. Well, just quickly, I want to touch on era. Just announced three years, three more years. Um, got to say, I've got, I, I got an issue with it. I saw a lot, bit of hate online, but I, I quite like era. I like the kits, so I think they've done yeah. quite good. I, I think the last few years, the kits have been spot on. Like, there's not been yeah. like the away kit this year is lovely. The away kit last year was like, I think, a beauty. Like, I'm happy days. You love away kit, though, don't you? I mate? do love it. Yeah, but the home kit's the home kit, it's always. Like, there's not a lot of variation you can get with the home kit. Yeah, you can't so, be surprised by a home kit, can you, that no. much? Like, the away um, kits have been spot on, but the home kits have been, actually been equally just as nice. So, I think that, like, it's a nice kit. Let's just hope there's no problem with distribution next year. <laughs> that's worldwide, though, isn't it? I don't think that's QPR specific, is it? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think the, the kits have been pretty smart. I wouldn't be surprised if the, the green and white hoops away kits next year you know after all that's happened this season <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah oh no that would be funny wouldn't it <laughs> if anyone's listening let's do it from the club or era yeah. <laughs> that they are if they are green and white are you, i think a... um yeah very happy with them staying like they've said they're going to do 100 percent bespoke designs that's not overly common in the championship like if we'd gone to 
and Nike, we would get the most basic template mm. kit you would ever thought of. Like Preston have been with Nike for years and they honestly have the worst, most boring kits year after year. Their fans must be like frustrated and annoyed, but you look at it and it's like, what? It's another white shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and like the away shirt will just be one plain colour. It's almost as if you're back to like junior level football and the, the manager has gone, I'm flicking through the catalogue here and what's the cheapest option? Cool. We'll have that. We'll save the club a bit of money. I mean, I um, like Premier League kits, weren't very nice, were they? They basically right. the rack sort of throw, just got the QPR badge on the shirt thing, thin hoops. Yes. And that stuff. Yeah, that 100% bespoke design. That's quite rare, isn't it? I read that and thought, is, is, that, is that even possible? Do you know what I mean? Like kits normally, manufacturers normally have some sort of catalogue, don't they? Yeah, um, but I think that shows like they do have, they do want to work with us. Um, I think the work that uh, Franny does in the club shop of helping like working with area in terms of design, yeah, has worked really well. Like he's, yeah. he always seems kind of receptive to what people are putting putting forward or suggestions and stuff. But um, yeah, I imagine Dennis the Menace has got to be back in next year or the year after like yeah, it feels like it's been a long a time isn't it yeah um, yeah yeah we're happy with that just quickly Ilias chair yeah, we're still up there so i'm surprised that we've not seen him on the pitch yet but i suppose he's looking at looking at the the names on the team sheet his area of the pitch there's some good players knocking around isn't there so it's not surprising but i thought he might have come on against spain uh, I don't think they were trying to win the game, really, were they? In normal time or extra time against Spain, like Chair's not the player you bring on to be defensively solid, is he? Let's be honest. No, I think I think his boat is you know his ship's passed at this point. I think if you were going to get an appearance, it'd be in a third group game, wouldn't it? But I think they'd still had stuff on the line, so you know you can see why that you know he's not played in a, you know the game against Spain. There's some cracking players ahead of him. There seems to be Morocco's like forte, those sort of roaming wingers, number 10. So it's tough going. I think it would take quite an unfortunate series of injuries for him to, to get in there. But you can't deny what a great experience it's probably been for him. He looks like he's having fun. It's great to see him take part in all the celebrations, getting lost in the crowd a little bit because of his place. <laughs> uh, it, it is good to see. Just wish he'd played a little bit, really, because he, he's a really good player. And it'd be nice to see him on, on the biggest stage. He's always smiling, isn't he? Every time I saw him, he's just smiling in the back of me. He's not, he's not sulking or anything. He's just always smiling. He's just happy to be there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, it's naturally That's unfortunate. Head, <laughs> um, but, yeah, the way they the way they set themselves up, even when, like, Buffal came comes off as a left-winger, Cher's not the man to replace him. So, already you're, like, right, you're sort of ranked third in terms of who can play left-wing. I was thinking... Earlier, like, oh, if Morocco got to the semis and then they lost, could he play in the third, uh, the third place playoff? Mm. However, Morocco as a team would actually want to win that compared to, let's say, if England were in it, we'd be like, oh, this is an opportunity to rotate and rest players. Morocco would probably go, tell you what, we'll play our first team because finishing third is amazing. Yeah. So then that's not even an opportunity for him, but, um, yeah, it could be England, couldn't it? Could play England, bring him on. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> what knock Ilias us out? chair bagging a last-minute winner against <laughs> yeah. England. Yeah. What? What would you be like? I'd be kind of uh, yeah, a bit annoyed, but they'd be like, oh, 
We, I what think we'd think? all be like, well, at least it was chair that scored. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do we think quickly on England Saturday? Optimistic? No. <laughs> Initially, <laughs> after the draw was set, I wasn't very you know, optimistic. But I was I think, talking just before the pod, the more it gets close to the game, the more hope I'm slowly allowing myself to have. And I think Always the way. it is the way, isn't it? And you know how it ends. It's happened so many times. But it seems like a, a different mentality in the group and I think there's quite we've got a lot of options off the bench this time round I know everyone's making it out to be Mbappe versus Walker but there's a lot more in the round the pitch that's going to be happening and I think just taking each other, if we can take our chances when we get them I don't, it depends how you know gung-ho we're going to go but when we do get those chances you know I'd rather have Kane up front than Giroud for example so just uh, you have to see what they do with Mbappe and obviously Griezmann, really key player for them, knitting the play, setting all the shots. He set the midfield, doesn't he? Yeah, he links links between, you know, and so he takes all the set pieces. He's having a really good tournament. So, yeah, um, a lot of good players. But then I'm, I've just been amazed by Bellingham. What a player, you know. 19, mate, 19 so, years old. Yeah, brilliant. It's incredible, isn't it? What's Sinclair Armstrong? 19, isn't he? 19. <laughs> And we're scared to play him for more than 60 minutes, like <laughs> probably a bit unfair. But how many, yeah, how many full games do you think Bellingham had when he was yeah what, 16 I, at Birmingham in the championship? Like I, just I get frustrated with it. I don't want to go for it again, but I just how a 19-year-old can't do I don't know. I don't know. surely he can play 90 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, but it's not about fitness, is it? It's about mental fit like mental fitness for him isn't it really rather than physical fitness he can run he can play 90 minutes there's not an issue for that I just feel like mentally uh, I don't think he's ready for first team football some players aren't are they yeah and I think like if you listen to Bellingham talk he's extremely mature about like mm-hmm. the way he talks and, they, and, the, and the, in the way he plays as well obviously that's come from you could argue because Birmingham played him a lot as a kind of 16 year old so he's in what the fourth year of his career fifth maybe something like that um like as a as a professional footballer so he's had the opportunities but yeah he's an incredible player to to watch um and yeah I'm just glad that England have got him but France conceded against Australia everyone thought they were rubbish conceded against Denmark I know, well, I was going to sort of cling on to the fact they conceded against Poland, but a last-minute penalty for a, a flailing arm, yeah, Poland didn't really offer a lot, but they can be got at. I think we'll... I feel I might enjoy the England game probably more than the QPR game Sunday. <laughs> I was just going to... Jack, have you got any stats on how QPR have done on Sundays? I feel like that's just a really bad time for us to play. Yeah, if you give me, like, three seconds... We quickly find that. Dunk, what's your Burley preview quickly? Good side, good players, top of the league. Yeah, I'm, they took me by surprise, to be honest. Obviously, me and you have you got... Maybe £10. Pounds, uh, well, well, we got a little bet, haven't we, that you reckon that they were going to get promoted. I didn't think they would at the start of the season. Um, I was surprised at how well companies taken to management in English football, really. And they, I, they are quite a good team. But again, like you said earlier, like... It's normally these teams we seem to like, like get our best performances out, and so it could be a tough game. It will be a tough game, but I could see us getting something like fan reaction, positivity because of like Bill going. I think there's going to be a 
like a good atmosphere. I think we're all going to be up for it. I think the players will be up for it. So I could see us getting something at home. Won six of our last nine on the Sunday. There you really? go. Stats back it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last one. Hang on. Let me get that. What was the last Sunday? Come on. Uh, it was it was Peterborough. That was, I was about to say, uh, was it there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, six wins in the last nine on a Sunday, three defeats. Before that, they'd won three of their previous 32 on a Sunday. <laughs> wow. So you've done well there, Jack, to, 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 to make that sound good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So there's hope yet. Chris, what are you thinking, mate? Sunday? What are you going uh, for? I think a 2 1 defeat. I think there are, I think they're a very impressive team. Um, Brownhill definitely being a championship team of the year. Um, I mean, I guess we've got to hope it's Ashley Barnes and not Jay Rodriguez. Although, neither, although they, uh, they've got a Moroccan winger who's still in the, still at the yeah. World Cup as well. Him yeah, not he being plays ahead of chair, doesn't he? He plays ahead of chair. He's the one who's at, one of the ones that are ahead of him. Yeah, although he got called up late, so I don't know if he's actually made any appearances either. Mm. I think they're both warming the bench together, but um, his name completely escapes me, but he's been good for Burnley. Is it Sahara or something like that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and they still got like Nathan Teller, Benson. Um, we got to hope that because company was doing some punditry stuff for the BBC during the World Cup that he's taken his eye off Burnley for maybe a week, although that's probably the week mm. the players had off. But Obviously, they were flying as well before the break, so hopefully the breaks kind of disrupted their rhythm. Yeah. Like, could work in our favour. Yeah. Jack, what are you thinking, mate? Um, Prediction-wise, I think we'd do well to come away with a draw, let's be honest. Um, I'm going to go one all as my actual prediction. I mean, Burnley, 40 league goals this season already. They only scored 34 in the Prem last season. Obviously, dropping <laughs> down the level, they're enjoying it, clearly. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of goals in that team. A lot of really good midfielders for this level. And Teller seems to be an inspired signing at the moment. But yeah, they got some very canny strikers that are probably, you know, Barnes, Rodriguez, people like that. So they, they could find space in the box. Wouldn't be surprised if they got a pen or something like that, you know, how, how it goes. But yeah, I'll take a one-all if we can get it. Um, and either way, I think it'd be, hopefully, it's going to be very cold for, for the fans in the ground. Looking <laughs> at the forecast, hopefully they can uh, keep warm. Um, and it's a, a performance to get them going, hopefully one all, two one, something like that. We'll take that all day. Have you got our QPR's win percentages when it's like three degrees and below? Do your stats go in that deep or not? <laughs> but, no, unfortunately, that one's a bit beyond me. It's, uh, <laughs> I do remember us playing Burnley in an FA Cup game years ago and it was freezing cold and it was like a nil-nil or something like that but a lot of our games against them at Loftus Road have been draws recently um, so three of the last four or four of the last five something like that so yeah you know if we can keep it to a draw I'd take it Remember we played Forest at home a couple of years ago we lost 5-2 and that was sub minus oh that was yeah that was not good yeah alright lads well, look, thanks for coming on and um have a good weekend. Enjoy the football. And we'll be back again next week. Cheers, lads. Thank you. Cheers, boys. You was. You was. You was. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.